You're listening to a Stranger podcast. www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, well, there's nothing you can't ask on the Savage Lovecast. Hey, everybody! Welcome to another installment of the Savage Lovecast. I'm Dan Savage, and as I like to say every week, because I don't know what else to say at the beginning of the program, this is the once a week out loud version of my sex advice column, Savage Love. Uh, the way it works, if you're a new downloader, we've got bunches of new ones, is people call in, they record a question, and I record an answer. Sometimes I call people back if I feel like it. 206-201-2720 is the number if you'd like to record a question for a future podcast. And we have shitloads of questions to get to, so let's uh, tear into it. Um, I am a woman who um, loves giving blowjobs. I will swallow. I will let them come all over me. It doesn't really matter. Because here's the thing. There is a great deal of power and control in being the woman when you are giving a blowjob. The trick is to not look at it as a demeaning act, but to absolutely look at it as a position of control. That as a woman, you have an ability to bring a man literally to his knees and he, you entirely at your mercy. And I think that's what you need to tell the women callers out there. You know, you say a lot about, you know, as women, we're told not to ask for what we want, and we're not, you know, we're, we're taught not to be aggressive, and I think this goes along with it. Absolutely take control of it, own it, celebrate it, and know that, you know, you absolutely have this great thing that you can do, and I think a lot of women, if they looked at it that way, might be able to get over their issue with swallowing or giving blowjobs at all. Thanks for letting me stand on my soapbox. Bye. You're welcome. Hey, whatever it takes, whatever it gets people to what I think is should come standard, oral come standard, any model that arrives without oral should be returned to the lot. Whatever works, whatever gets you there uh, is great. Uh, and if you, you know, conceptualizing it as, you know, I'm the power blower, uh, does it for you. I think that's awesome. Uh, you know, there is something about the act, however, that, uh, you know, it does have a sort of subservient subtext. Uh, it's not difficult to see it or to find it or to, to fall into it. And for some people, that's the turn on. For some people, the turn on is doing the servicing. Uh, and it turns them on. And so they should dwell on that. But if it turns you on more to think that you are the power blower um, and, you know, it's a tremendous position of power to bring him to his knees in your mouth and that makes it work for you and it makes it arousing for you, then you should definitely run with that. Hi, Dan. Um, my name is Annie and I am a very, very Lutheran girl from Wisconsin. I still live with my parents. And I'm straight, but I'm really not sure how to break it to them, how much I love sex with older men. Um, I'm just not really sure how to, like, go about that and how to find older men because I'm technically still jailbait. So if you have anything to tell me, just please give me some advice. There are some things you should never break to your parents. Where the fuck did you get the idea that your parents need to know that you're into older men? And as your jailbait, uh, you shouldn't be telling that to your parents or to me or to my listeners or to older men or really to anybody at all. Um, there are things that your parents have a right not to know. Like, you can let them tease it out. You know, once you're 
of age if the guys you happen to date are significantly older once you're an adult you can date whoever the fuck you want uh and your parents can freak out look on in distress tell you how they feel about it and you can tell them to fuck off because you're an adult now they'll figure it out eventually they'll be like oh our daughter's an older man i guess we have to wrestle with that but you don't have to go to mom and dad and say hey i really dig dudes with saggy old sacks i hope that's not a problem like you don't need to tell that to mom and dad you should spare mom and dad the intimate details of your erotic imagination they don't need to know it eventually your parents as all children's parents do will infer certain things and you do have to tell them certain things you know if you're gay you have to tell them you're gay because it's going to like impact who you're bringing home for christmas you know here's the boyfriend but my mom, I don't tell my mom, like, I'm into certain kinds of guys or what we do in bed or what our my turn-ons are. Like, mom doesn't need to know, doesn't want to know. So just, you know, stop being cute, shut the fuck up, get a job, graduate from high school, go to college, get out of the fucking house, and then bang whoever you want. Leave your parents out of it. Spare them. And, and, and I'm sorry, I'm going to jump back in here. What is being Lutheran? have to do with it you're talking about being lutheran like it had some impact on your sexual taste and do they have crucifixes and lutheran churches with like 80 year old jesus is on it did that have some impact on you or as i suspect what's really possibly going on here is like a lot of young people um you may be affecting this you may not actually really ultimately be into older guys you just want to make yourself seem more interesting sexually than perhaps you really are or are right now so you've come up with this like crazy thing you're into that's kind of impossible to realize because then you get to say you know i'm into this crazy stuff but you don't have to actually act on it because it wouldn't be legal and it's not possible and you're at home because you you know perhaps you fear deep down inside you're not that terribly interesting a person you know being a lutheran and, and a virgin and a minor and you know what you're not that terribly interesting a person as a Lutheran and a virgin and a minor. But none of us are all that terribly interesting when we're minors and at home with mom and dad. And the, the, the mistake you don't want to make, if I may, completely psychoanalyze you after like a 30-second phone recording, you don't want to you know, wed yourself to identities at your age that are really affectations. You don't want to go and tell mom and dad that you're totally into older men or that you're a goth or you're a vampire or whatever the fuck it is that you're going to latch onto to make yourself feel more interesting than tragically you are at this time in your life. Uh, what you want to do is just be chill and be relaxed and let things come to you and explore, but you don't need to commit and you don't need to affect. All right. Hi, Dan. This is, James, I'm a 16-year-old gay male. That is really, though, immaterial here. I kind of found myself in a little predicament. Um, I was working on my father's computer, uh, and accidentally I came across some emails indicating that he is either in or pursuing a sort of uh, extramarital affair. And I kind of find myself caught in between whether I should, one, tell my mother, which is most likely... Uh, result in an immediate divorce. Two, tell my father, which would probably get me in a shit of trouble. I'm not sure if would do anything. Or three, just keeping it to myself. Um, so I don't know what to do, and I'm kind of a little emotionally disturbed at this. Um, just wondering if you had any ideas on this. I hate calls like this. I hate calls where there's just no possible good suggestion because every possible outcome is really awful. You tell mom, 
and the relationship is destroyed and perhaps your parents get divorced, which may or may not be what's best for mom under the circumstances. Uh, you go to dad, you destroy your relationship with dad, you were snooping, you were reading his emails, and it you know forever poisons your relationship with your father. You suck it up and say nothing. You feel complicit uh, in the deception and, and the infidelity. You feel like you're playing a role in it. Um, and that poisons your relationship with your mother and your father. Uh, a lot of kids, though, seem to wound up in this position, uh, particularly as idiot old people use computers, <laughs> uh, smart young people in the house with tech-savvy at-risk youth, which I would count you as, um, who then stumble across, because they were using dad's computer, incriminating emails. Uh, you shouldn't be snooping, but you snooped, and now you know what you know. And I'm not going to tell you to do any one thing. I'm going to ask you to think about, based on what you know of your parents' situation, which is the least worst outcome. You know, is your mother totally financially dependent upon your dad? Is your dad kind of an asshole? Well, then maybe it wouldn't be in your mother's best interest to know. Maybe it wouldn't be in your mother's best interest to get the divorce. Are your parents both like professionals and they both have jobs and your mother has her own income stream and a divorce isn't going to leave her broke? And, 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 you know, cast down from the position, whatever position she's in now, uh, in a way that's going to make her miserable for the rest of her life? Well, you know, then maybe perhaps your parents have not had a sexual relationship for 10 years and don't intend to have one ever again. And your mother cut your father off and your father's doing what he needs to do around the edges to get his needs met so that he can stay with and be with your mother and love her as best he can uh, in this compromised way uh, because it's in the best interest of all concern, including you and whatever siblings you might have, for them to stay together even if it's imperfect and jerry-rigged. So you really have a lot of thinking to do before you say anything to anybody about what's going to be best for everyone. You know, Perhaps it would be best to go to your mother and precipitate the divorce. Perhaps it would be best to go to your father uh, and then you may you have some, may have some more information laid on you that you don't want to hear, like your mom won't have sex with me, and we haven't had sex for fifteen years, and so yeah, I'm finding a little bit on the side. I'd rather you didn't tell your mother. Like, what are you going to do then? What are you going to say then? Like, don't automatically assume your father is the villain because cheating cheating is something that sometimes people who've been cheated engage in. And if your father's been cheated out of any intimacy for the last fifteen years by your mother. Two wrongs don't make a right, but two wrongs sometimes make a relationship uh, possible to remain in. Hi, Dan. This is Martha. One of my really close friends who I went on a school trip to Italy this past summer with, um, she's a really, really sweet girl and really gorgeous. Um, but there's this one guy on our trip who was just always making fun of her for being a little overweight and um, just acting like a complete asshole. And they went on this trip by themselves down to uh, Capri one weekend. And um, he woke up in the middle of the night. He was completely naked with a heart on. And, you know, was like, hey, come on, let's have sex. And she had, still has a boyfriend. And she said, you know, no, get away from me. I do not want to sleep with you. And he kept trying to put his hand down her pants. And finally, she just said oh, well, fine, you can touch my breast, and then you have to leave me alone. So he did, and he left her alone. But, I mean, I'm just so angry at this guy because, I mean, especially now I have a class with him this semester, so I really just want to go up and tell him what a 
chauvinistic asshole he is, but I also feel like maybe it really isn't any of my business. Hello? Hey, it's Dan. Hey, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm good. Uh, where are you right now? I was, uh, I'm in a restaurant. With You're in parents. a restaurant? With your parents? <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. I ran outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you have a class with this dude who basically sexually, very aggressively uh, assaulted and got away with it? Your friend? Yeah, she's just, she doesn't stand up for herself enough, and she's really nice. And, I mean, she's in this class, too, so it's really kind of weird, but she just acts totally cool with him, like nothing happened. Uh-huh. But in... What she described to you, it sounded very clearly like he was putting her hands on her when she was uh-huh. saying, don't. Yeah, she totally was saying no. She, I mean, they kind of flirted, but I think she just kind of liked the tension, because he is a good-looking guy, you know? Mm-hmm. But um, she, she, she didn't want to have sex with him, you know? And they ultimately didn't have sex. No. He sort he of just... threatened her into agreeing to letting him feel her tits, and then that was <laughs> yeah. the compromise? Yeah, sadly. But there was this implicit sort of existing threat the whole time that she was going to have to do something or he wasn't going to stop. Yeah. I mean, he just, she said he just, she kept saying no and he would not let up at all. So why isn't your friend calling me? Because <laughs> she, I think, I mean, she's told me stories about this kind of stuff happening to her before. She's, you know, she's got She's told boobs. you stories she's really about this. Looking. Wait, wait. Start over. She's told you stories about this sort of thing happening to her before, and well, some guy she worked for put his hand up her shirt one time when she was younger, mm-hmm. and um, she just quit and didn't really do anything about it. So I think she she's the kind of girl that prefers to pretend like nothing happened. Okay, she's not confrontational. No. And she lets dudes get away with it, but but not. Similar things haven't happened exactly like this, right? No, no, that's the only other story that I've heard from her. Okay. Um, Yeah, because if there is a string of things like this, you have to start to wonder about whether, you know, you say she's good-looking but heavy, right? Yeah, a little bit. And, you know, if she was coming to you over and over again with stories about how, you know, really good-looking guys were chasing around the couch, and she was like, no, no, and so finally I gave in. Like, there are people who, (laughs) you know, they fantasize out loud and they tell their friends stories that may or may not be true. Right. Um, so we have to be careful before you run around, uh, you know, accusing this guy of mm-hmm. rape or uh, of being sexually aggressive to the point where it crosses some lines that, you know, that that's accurate. Right? Yeah. Because that's no, a serious I, charge. Oh, totally. I mean, I don't... I honestly don't really think I should say anything to him, even though I really want to. Well, you should if you really... Why not? You should if you really want to, if only to see what his side of the story is. But also, he, if he is this sexually aggressive, is going to get in trouble at some point, because he's going to do this to somebody who pulls out a knife and cuts his balls off, or calls (laughs) the police and says, this person sexually assaulted me. You know, if he's a really good-looking guy, he may feel like he can coast along on his looks, he can manipulate women and be really aggressive and always get what he wants without there being any consequence. And it may be in his best interest for him to know, to be told, what you did was really fucked up and you're going to get in trouble doing that sort of shit because someday you're going to pull that stunt with the wrong woman. Yeah. And if you pulled it with me, I'd cut your fucking balls off. (laughs) 
Yeah, I just feel like I'd be betraying his, uh, my friend's confidence, you know? Because she didn't, I think I'm the only person she's told about this. Accountability, you know? uh, sort of group accountability, accountability to a community and enforced community norms sometimes requires the violation of a confidence. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. Like I said, it'll be in his best interest, if you perhaps if you violate this confidence. It'll be in the best interest of women he encounters down the road if you violate this confidence. And if your mm -hmm. friend is lying... Which is, you know, you're not allowed to say that. It's always a possibility, however. It'll be in everybody's best interest if you violate yeah. this confidence because then he'll be able to defend himself and B, she'll know that she can't just, like, make shit up. Right. I mean, I really strongly doubt that, but hey, you never know. No, and I'm willing but. to defer to your, you know, your judgment on that score. Okay. But I think this is a confidence that any way you examine it should be violated. Okay. You should say to him, you know what? That wasn't cool, and uh, <laughs> no. she told me about it. it was total bullshit, and if you did it to me, or if you did it to somebody else, you could get arrested, and don't be a fucking jackass like that. Don't treat women yeah. like that. Some He needs to hear that from someone at some point, and sometime soon. Yeah, I'd like to say that. I'd really like that. <laughs> well, do it. Get it off your chest. Okay. Okay. <laughs> right. Go back to mom and dad. Okay, thank you. Bye. Hi, Dan. I'm a 35-year-old male. Um... You can call me Elizabeth. Um, call me Elizabeth because I'm a cross-dresser. Uh, my wife knows I am, and uh, she accepts the fact that I am. However, she's not crazy about partaking in uh, my little escapades. Um, I don't like to go out fully dressed. You know, I just like to do it in the comfort of my own home. Um, I am, however, looking to uh, meet some other cross-dressers, uh, not for sex, just friendship. Um, and that seems really hard to do. Um, you know, I look online and it seems that everyone, oh, they just want sex, 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 sex. And I don't want that. I just want to, you know, meet some friends that we can get together at someone's place and just be girls together for the day. Uh, just, you know, dress up, partake in girl talk, have a cup of coffee, the whole nine yards. Um, I live about an hour outside of Chicago. Uh, the city I live in is not repressive, but it's not the most liberal place either. And I just wondered if you had any advice for me as far as uh, meeting other girls like me who uh, who just want to be girlfriends. And I mean that in the most platonic, non-sexual way. I get it. You don't want to have sex. You just want to be ladies and do lady things. Um, sorry, couldn't resist from Little Britain, that little skit where the two cross-dresser lady friends who don't have sex, they just are cross-dressers and they run around Brighton and other places being ladies and doing lady things. It's my favorite fucking cross-dressers in the world. Besides you, Elizabeth. Actually, you are my favorite fucking cross-dresser in the world. You are freaking awesome. Um, you're reading sex ads and everyone's looking for sex. Because they're sex ads, and most of the cross-dressers who put out sex ads are looking for sex, too. What you need to do is just transcribe this call that you made and put it in an ad. You need to advertise. Stop reading other people's ads, and you need to advertise and just say exactly what you said. Cross-dresser, you know, understanding wife, but not indulgent, looking for companionship with other cross-dressers. No sex, just hanging out, just, you know, being ladies, doing lady things, not doing sex things. And if you put yourself out there, if you say what you want, you're likely to find it. If you hang back waiting for somebody to write an ad that details every little thing that you're looking for, uh, you're not likely to find that person. But I guarantee you 
that there are other guys who feel just like you feel who are perusing the same ads that you're perusing and are turning away or walking away frustrated because they are not finding exactly what you're not finding. And all you got to do to find those ladies who want to do those lady things that you want to do is to uh, advertise. I am a 22-year-old straight female, and I am a fag hag. My best friend of six-plus years is a 22-year-old gay male. He came out to me last year, but only came out to his other friends in the past month. We've always had an odd and complicated friendship. I always want to hang out, and he doesn't think it's not in the nature of our relationship. Over the years, it's gotten a little better. But whenever we hang out, it's always just him or him, myself, and my friends. My friends. I don't get invited out with him and his friends or to parties that he has because that would mix the groups and that would risk exchange of inappropriate information, which really doesn't say a lot about me. But anyways, now that he's out to his friends, I thought things would change just because he said that they would. So now where we're at is I'll call him to hang out. And I'll say, no, I'm tired and bummed out. Had a bad day, blah, 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 blah. And so it's fine. But I'll call him later to check up on him, see what he's doing. And he's at a house party, drunk as fuck, and having a gay old time. The explanation being that the group mentality is more fun. So why can't I go? I know who these other friends are because we all went to high school together. And I know the issue of me being invited out isn't with them. And they know that my friend and I are friends, but I don't think they know how close we are. So ultimately, I'm feeling like a dirty little secret, a mistress. I feel secondary in his life, and I feel like a security blanket. He can take me out and have me wherever he wants me, and then he puts me back in the closet when he's done with me. Pun intended. I've had several conversations with him about how I feel. I've tried wording it in as many different ways as I can, but he doesn't see it. As far as I'm concerned, there's no, or sorry, as far as he's concerned, there's no issue. Sometimes I think I should just ignore him for a length of time and see what he does, but then I'm afraid he won't notice and I'll lose my best friend. Hello? Hey, it's Dan. Hi, Dan. How are you? Okay, how are you? I'm good. Um... So when you got to the point in your call when you said, other than that, we're best friends, it made me think of that joke, you know, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? <laughs> because it doesn't sound like a friendship, really, to me. And if so, if it is a friendship, it's not one that's bringing a lot of joy into your life. Yeah, well, sometimes it does. Well, it doesn't sound like it, it does to enough doesn't bring enough joy to balance out the misery. Not lately. I agree. Not Stop lately. seeing him. Stop hanging out with him. Really? Yeah, really. It does, it's no good for you to be treated like that by someone who says he's your best friend and someone you honor by describing as your best friend. Mm-hmm. Do you have other friends? Yes, I do. Hang out with them. It sounds like he's soaking up a lot of your emotional attention and time and not repaying you in a way that makes you feel honored and loved. Right? Yeah. And, you know, you have six years together, six years of history, and you were, you know, the first person he told. 
obviously he's some weird fucking issues about you or about something that we can't know unless we drill a hole in his head and that's not legal and look inside, <laughs> right? And sometimes yeah. you have to go, I don't know what his problem is, I don't know what the fuck the issue is, but you know what? I know there's an issue and it's icky and I'm going to walk away from it. And, you know, maybe in a year or two you can be friends again. Mm-hmm. Or not. Right. But you don't need the misery now. Right. That he's right. causing you. Okay. So cut the fucking cord. <laughs> don't be the pathetic fag hag. I'm serious. Don't be the oh, pa- pathetic fag hag who, like, mopes around wondering why, you know, their gay friend isn't right there at their side all the time. Right. You know, and oftentimes, and I apologize for fags everywhere for this dynamic. Mm-hmm. You know, there is oftentimes with like young gay guys and their fag hag girlfriends, it's a rom- it's a really romantic friendship, and the bond is really intense because for both parties, it's taking the place of something that's not there yet. Right. You know what I mean? The guy isn't out, or you know, there's no other guys around, so he forms a really romantic bond with this girl. The girl doesn't perhaps have any other men in his, her life that are paying attention to her, so she forms a really romantic attachment to him. Right. And it always ends badly for a while. The breakup, it's like a breakup. It's, honest to God, it's like a breakup. Like, you guys were boyfriend and girlfriend, and now you're breaking up. Because you have to kill that romantic part of your relationship. Right. And, you know, when a girlfriend and a boyfriend, when, when, someone, when two people have been together romantically break up, it's really hard for them to hang out because it's going to be painful for one or the other or both, Mm -hmm. right? The only thing that makes it possible for them to be friends again is to be the fuck away from each other for a while, a good long while, particularly for the person who was dumped, and it sounds like you're the one who's being dumped. Yeah, it kind of feels that way. (laughs) And you can't hang out with somebody on their terms who's dumped you and be friends. You have to be like, get away from me, fuck off, I'm going to go hang out with my other friends, I'm going to go see other people, you know, maybe in a year from now we can be buddies and hang out, right now we can't. Sorry, you need to say that to him. For your own self-esteem, you need to say that to him. That makes sense. And what's with your friends, your mutual friends, these house parties that he's invited to, but he doesn't invite you to, but what about these other people at the party who could invite you to it? Um, well, they aren't per se my friends, we're more of just acquaintances. Through him. Okay, well, go make we some... Just... You all went to school together. Yeah. Go go make some of your own goddamn friends. Stop being so dependent on him for whatever sort of emotional sustenance you were getting from him and stop right. being dependent on him for a social life. Okay. Okay? All right. And you know what? Don't... This is an order. Don't see him for six months at all. Don't talk to him. Don't see him. Okay, let you got to let be really hard. <laughs> it's going to be really you got to cauterize the wood. Are you at college now? No, I'm not in college. You're all still hanging out in the same place where you went to high school? Yeah. Okay, well, find some new folks to run with. Find a new crowd. You can do it. You just have to look around. Open my eyes. Open your eyes and have nothing to do with him. And you know what? He's not like totally the villain in the piece here, right? No, I know. There's some I know that. probably some mutual. Usually in these sorts of relationships, these fag hag relationships, there's a you know this mutual sort of reliance, codependence. They call it in therapy land, right? <laughs> and both yeah. people were using the other a little bit, but they had a you know they had a friendship connection. But both people were using the other in a way that ultimately wasn't healthy for either. And at some point, it's got to stop, and and it's stopping, and you just gotta 
you got to end it. Okay. All right? Thanks, Dan. You're welcome. I'm really sorry. It'll be better. Two years from now, you guys will be able to hang out. You'll have your own clique. You won't feel so dependent on him and therefore so angry at him when right. he doesn't want to be with you. You know, I don't want to be with my friends 24 hours a day either, right? I know, yeah. And then you'll be able to have the relationship you want to have and that is healthy. But you can't have that right now. Okay. Okay? Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Bye. All right, we've let the caller go. Um, but, you know, where do the fags out there before we sign off this week? A fag hag is a very special responsibility. You know, acquiring a fag hag is like adopting a dog. You just can't have it put down when you get bored with it, when you outgrow it. Like, you kind of have to be good. You have to, you know, when a family outgrows a dog or they can't keep the dog. I'm really sorry to be comparing fag hags to dogs. They're not animals. They're not that hairy. You know, you just don't, like, drive out into the country and let it go. You have to, like... You know, find a new family for the dog. You have to be a decent fag and take some responsibility for the emotional dependence you created in that woman to fill your need for emotional intimacy before you came out when you were young and help her find a new crowd, help her find a new clique, be there for her, but not be there so much that you crowd out all other emotional possibilities for her. You just can't treat a fag hag like a dirty Kleenex that you're throwing away, guys. And you all know it when you do it. We all know it when we've got a fag hag on the string. We all know it when high school, when we're doing it, we know we're being emotionally manipulative little pieces of shit. And then when the time comes and you've outgrown each other and you're on your own two feet and you're out and you're content now and you're healthier, you have the responsibility to her to be a decent fag hag havy. And help her out and treat her well and maintain a friendship and not like leave her sitting at home alone miserable. Still take her out, still hang out, help her find new friends, still be there for her, but in an appropriate way. I'm, I'm rambling now because I see this so often and it makes me so upset. You know how many goddamn phone calls I get from weeping abandoned fag hags? Do not drive fag hags out into the country and shove them out of the car by a farm somewhere. All right, guys? They were good to you in high school. They loved you. You got to tell them all your like all the straight boys in junior high that you had a fucking crush on. You had someone that you could turn to. You had someone to fucking go to prom with. And you owe them. You owe them when you come out. You owe them some decent treatment. Alright? Don't be a fucking douchebag, fags. Don't be fucking douchebags, fags. Douchebags. Alright, that wraps it up. This uh rambling wandering podcast 206-201-2720 is the number uh give us a call and record a question for a future podcast and i may yell at you too www.thestranger.com slash savage is where you download the podcast every week if you want to uh get a little dose of me every day i blog constantly at slog.thestranger.com that's slog the stranger's blog we'll back at you next week with another podcast this is the 70th podcast which is just one off 69 uh the tech savvy at risk youth are very into last week's podcast because that was you know, 69 how often does that happen uh once every uh, blah, 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 blah. we're done i'm just gonna shut i can't shut up i just don't know how to stop this week bye everybody